I begin reading, I might say that um, sometimes when you read the gospel according to John, it sounds rather anti-Semitic because he talks about the Jews. Uh, first of all, everybody in the story is Jewish. <laughs> but John is writing at a period when uh, Jewish leadership was really being pretty uh, difficult for Christians. And in fact, many of them were being thrown out of the synagogues if they were Jewish Christians. They were told they were no longer welcome in the synagogues. So just bear that in mind as we read. Uh, This is John chapter 12, beginning at the ninth verse. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he'd raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Lo, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he raised Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he'd performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, you see, you can do nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. The story has been whispered by the men as they meet in the bazaar. Heads shake, oh, it can't be true. Oh, yes, I saw him. The children suck their thumbs and stare in wide-eyed wonder. The women gossiping at the wells add what they have heard to the story. And the old women shake their heads at such nonsense. But their hearts hope against all reality that it has something of truth. And this is the story they tell. There's a man named Lazarus who lives in Bethany with his two sisters. He became very sick, so sick it looked like he would die. The sisters have become part of a religious group that followed a certain Galilean rabbi and miracle worker. And they sent for him to heal their brother, but by the time he came, Lazarus was dead. Speaking out of her grief and anger, the one sister, Martha, blamed Jesus for taking so long to get there. If you'd been here, he would not have died. Well... Jesus reminded her of the promise of the future resurrection at the last day. Your brother will rise again. And you can hear Martha think, oh, that's cold comfort. The judgment day is a long time away, and I want him now. She wanted him now, but she was hardly prepared for what had happened next. Jesus asked to go to the tomb. Well, that's normal enough. Go visit the grave. But then he told them to open the grave. Roll the stone away from the grave's opening. Oh no, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. And here the storyteller would relate some antidote about a distant relative who didn't get buried fast enough and the heat and what it was like. Four days, well, you can just imagine. And here were graphic descriptions of what the eye would see in the 
nose would smell the stench of death. <coughs> well, Jesus isn't a man you can say no to very easily. He insisted, and so the tomb was opened. Lazarus, come out! And then the storyteller would embroider on what it was like to stand there and watch the shrouded figure appear in the door of the tomb. It was enough to make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Is it any wonder that crowds formed anytime Jesus or Lazarus went anywhere? And come they do, to stare, to gape, to allay their own fears of death and extinction. And not all come for this parade as friends. As some come, death is no longer just a piece of the conversation. It's a reality that waits around every corner. It's present in the air. The smell of it has come with Lazarus out of the tomb. The odor of it hangs over the dinner table. Mary smells it. She smells it around Jesus. She's seen the eyes that watch with suspicion and hostility. They've been there all along, but bringing her brother Lazarus out of the tomb has really played into their hands. And he's been upped. They watch for a chance to make Jesus take Lazarus' place in the tomb. Mary looks at Jesus. She knows just how high the stakes are. There's a sadness about him. What can she do? She can recognize the danger, not pretend it isn't there the way those other disciples are doing. She can go where others are afraid to go, and she takes this precious ointment and spills it out over his feet. She takes her hands and her hair and works it into feet, calloused by walking miles and miles of rough road. She treats him later as Mary Magdalene will treat his broken, lifeless body. She anoints him for his burial. The stench of death is not driven away, but transformed by the fragrance of love and understanding. The smell of death is in the air. They've been afraid it would cling to Lazarus, but no, it, it clings to Jesus. And the only way to drive it off would be to flee, to run away, to hide. But that wasn't his style. Besides, now it's too late. The decision to bring Lazarus out from the tomb had been the turning point. And Jesus knew that Lazarus' life would come at the price of his own. He'd known that all along. It was part of the plan. He would give his life so that there could be life for others. Why should some be so opposed to the life that he carried within him? Why should they run from it? Why should they try to stomp it out? It wasn't as if he'd hoarded it for himself. It was something to share and something for everyone. Maybe that's why they were so angry. They didn't want it to be for everyone. They wanted to control it, hoard it, dole it out in small bits, restrict who had access. They couldn't understand somebody who simply gave and loved and gave some more. They couldn't understand somebody who gave precious gifts to ordinary folk. They couldn't understand someone who thought God's love was for everyone. Jew, Gentile, 
slave, free, male, female, black, white, gay, straight, transgender, rich, poor, young, old, success or failure, powerful or powerless. Imagine somebody who loves like that. Death had indeed come out of the tomb with Lazarus. It hung over the dinner table. It clouded a bright and sunny day as Jesus rode into Jerusalem for Passover. It waited at the end of the road. The crowds were wild. Word had gone out that Jesus, the life giver, was coming into the city. And word had gone out that Lazarus would be with him. Lazarus, living, breathing proof of life. And all Jerusalem was abuzz. The crowds pressed around him. They knew how dangerous it was. They caught the smell of death. They saw it in a nod here, an elbow there, words whispered behind a hand. For now it didn't matter. They cheered for the love and the care. They cheered for their own hopes and dreams. They cheered because even though they smelled the death, they also saw the life. And what of the man they cheered? What of the man riding into the city with the smell of death in his nostrils and the pulse of life in his heart? How do you ride through a crowd that both cheers and sneers? And what do you do for the folk who hope? And what do you do for the folk with the cold eyes and the colder hearts? What is it like to ride with the stench of death growing ever more rank around you. What's it like to know that there's a tomb waiting for you? And what is it like to know that the only way to defeat death is to first submit to it? Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day knowing full well that at the end of the road was a tomb. And the way into it would be a horrible, painful, degrading death. He knew. He knew there was no other way to get to life. The road to life ran through death and through the tomb. And so that long ago day, he rode into Jerusalem. Ride on. Ride on in majesty. In lowly pomp, ride on to die. Bow thy meek head to mortal pain. Then take, O God, thy power and reign. Mm -hmm. 